Shall we? Let's pod. Okay, let's pod. <laughs> um, <clears throat> hello, hello, hello. Uh, welcome back uh, to Batch Signal. Um, still named Batch Signal, although that is sort of, <laughs> and, and I guess in air quotes. Uh, my name is Dylan. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. We are still the best pod, the number one podcast in this group, uh, the podcast that never misses your podcast or favorite podcast. Um, that is still true. And I am still Dylan, and I'm still joined by my lovely, perfect best friend Kate. Um, we have just finished uh, reconnecting after a week that felt like 10,000 years mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and we're feeling good <laughs> and great um, and we're here to we're talking about Married at First Sight. Is that right? Hell yeah <laughs> and I'm excited you know Me as too. I yeah as I texted you this week like partially because I think there's less of an infrastructure around married at first sight and partially just because we haven't spent so much time around with it, mm-hmm. at least like as a, as a text to analyze, <laughs> it really feels like we're like starting from the ground up and building something new. And I'm excited. Yeah, you know? I'm, I am too. It's I, uh, as was often the case with the, watching the bachelor or bachelorette, I would, I would sometimes I would think after watching I was like I don't know if I really have that much to say about this I don't mm-hmm. have really, like that many thoughts but as I started to think about it or as we sort of started to text about it, I was like oh I actually do have strong feelings about this uh, and opinions that I must make known to you um, <laughs> <laughs> right? um and yeah I find that there are just as many like interesting like questions mm-hmm. and ideas and themes that like are coming up when I'm watching this show as well that are I think it just as fascinating and I'm just as interested in and um and yeah it, it but it also feels like I haven't like come to it with as many like sort of hard like almost hardened like oh this is how this show is like this is what it's about and it hasn't calcified as much I think mm-hmm you know totally agree and like can I just say too I know we're not talking about the batch but like just generally how surprisingly liberated I've felt not being chained to the bachelor these last two weeks Mm. yeah I I feel the same I mean it's become a dumpster fire what a great time to stop (sighs) watching the (laughs) bat the batch um and looking at the discourse because it's just I think watching people sort of tie themselves into knots over like all the bad feelings they have and feeling also that they can't quit it is Mm -hmm. um thankfully not a problem that we have because we did quit it (laughs) (laughs) I know I will like get a tweet will like pop up or I still follow like reality Steve and yeah yeah I'll, I'll like get glimpses of what's going on over there every once mm-hmm. in a while and I have felt just like idiots <laughs> you know it's like when someone you kind of know stays in a bad relationship and you stop talking to them but you still see like a picture of them every six months and you're like 
clowns. Like that's yeah, yeah, how yeah. Feels. sucks to suck. Yeah. Um, now, listeners, if you are still watching the Bachelorette and ba- Bachelor, still engaging exactly. in the discourse, um, I we understand it. Um, mm-hmm. But if we're being very honest with you. Our attitude is very like, best of luck to you. Uh, you don't have to do this. There's plenty of other stuff out there to watch and to care about. Um, please let us lead by, ex- follow our example. Um, and, uh, you know, like, you know, at least take a break. You don't have to, you know, I mean, at the very minimum, take a break. Um, I don't really see us ever going back to it. But again, like, I also, I suppose, want to say, as I'm arguing that you should still listen to our podcast, that we're still going to be great and the same uh we're just shifting (laughs) our 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 focus for a little bit um join us uh won't you do you listen to uh you must remember this this? (laughs) that was uh for anyway it's a slight (laughs) reference to that but anyway (laughs) it feels a little bit like kissing our listeners on the head and sending them (laughs) off to school or something like do what you're gonna do we're so proud of you but we'll be here whenever you're ready to start taking care of yourself yeah (laughs) (laughs) Oh, like a warm weighted blanket. Um, yeah. <laughs> Your high school friend who you've drifted away from cool parents who you always liked. <laughs> always welcome over for dinner. Right. And, we're, and we were always fond of you. So, that, you know, <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> okay. So I think we should like, since this is our first time kind of coming at Married at First Sight, in earnest Mm -hmm. I would love to have like you know a foundational conversation to just set the stage for Mm. how we're thinking about producers cast members kind of how we're thinking about like I don't know what to say like power Mm. influence Mm -hmm. um credibility I guess of the show Okay. Like a big picture talk before we get into it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's great. Um, so I have a, in the spirit of that, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, what do you think? So it's about the experts. Uh, I think a lot, <laughs> I, I think a lot comes down to how do you perceive the experts? Um, what do you, how, what do they, what do you think they know? And when do you think they know it? So really specifically, I'm thinking, do you think that like executive producers tell the experts everything that's happening in these mm-hmm. relationships? And so they go into it already knowing um, mm-hmm. like what is going on and, or maybe a better question is, do you think it's believable that they don't mm-hmm. um, have that information specifically when they know these relationships are really bad, like toxic and these people are like some of them sociopaths and, like they in yeah. in good faith, they shouldn't be recommending that they stay in this marriage or whatever. Um, so I think that's my my sort of first kind of question for you is read the experts. Um, and also, which ones do you like? And which like I guess I'm curious, just sort of generally, like what we think about their role and and um, and everything, because that was something I found myself thinking about a lot this week, mm-hmm. um, and something I kind mm-hmm. of from time to time like often been thinking about is you know, these experts and what their function is and their culpability and, and, and all, and just all of that. That's a great question, (laughs) especially because like this week's episode shifted my view of the experts. Uh, 
just with the page and so okay to rewind I guess my previous view of the experts was they were responsible for most of the matching Mm -hmm. they were kind of the the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain like more in the loop than we thought and responsible for some of the machinations that cause conflict between couples um I think after this week um there were two conversations both related to Paige and Chris that kind of changed my mind. The first was when, uh, you know, pa- Chris comes over to talk to Paige about his trip to Chicago mm-hmm. and everything, and they turn their microphones off. And then the next way we get information is Paige calling her producer, not mm-hmm. calling an expert. Uh. And then we see Pastor Cal. I think that he probably was in the loop of what had happened between Paige and Chris from Paige's perspective before he had that conversation with Paige but I think mm. that um, I like I don't I think he learned he since he genuinely seemed to I think be learning more in that conversation mm-hmm. so my and there's this other thing in my mind of like you know production has contracts with the talent which maybe we should dive into more mm. at another point but there are certain sti- like contractual terms they agree to with these relationships like to stay in the apartment mm-hmm. for so long to film a certain amount of basically agree to try to make the marriage work right um yeah and so that relationship was with production right like they're ultimately responsible not the experts for like if someone gets sued for breaking their contract or not mm, okay mm-hmm. so i guess the way i see it is kind of like not to make another triangle of power but maybe it's like <laughs> you know productions at the top and they're managing both the experts and the cast as talent Mm -hmm. right and controlling how much information gets to both parties and controlling what those interactions between them are going to look like Mm -hmm. um but i do think that the experts have more power than like a bachelor lead would have um Mm -hmm. or other talent would have because i think they're kind of sign off is what ultimately legitimizes the decisions that production makes mm-hmm. so i think they have more power but i don't know if i think they're like steering the ship mm, okay i feel really similarly i think uh something that i was just sort of um to i'm interested in what you said mm-hmm. about the experts sign off in, mm-hmm. in legitimizing their their a, a, a central role in legitimizing this whole enterprise mm-hmm. and realizing that maybe one of the reasons like a um and like the fact that production needs to have them on side all the time uh-huh. and so there is an incentive for like limiting the amount of information they get about yeah. what's actually happening so that they can always like hmm. so for example if they don't, and I think the thing we have to also, I am thinking about is like in the ITMs, like all the information that we're getting yeah, um, is, so the producers in theory have like all the information or mm-hmm. at least like more information than everybody else and more information than we have too. Mm-hmm. And in the ITMs, they're doing this, I would assume like after the fact, most of the time, or like yeah. there, a yeah. lot of the ITMs are doing kind of the narration they're doing like much later. Mm-hmm. So before 
um, or like after perhaps like the, they've made their decisions. And so it's like kind of past the point of informing the experts, mm-hmm. I guess. Hmm. So, um, so, so then like, I think that's important because if the experts like watch it back kind of, and they're like, oh, if we had known this was happening or if we had known this, mm-hmm. then maybe we would have intervened in a different way. Or maybe we would have like put a stop to something just for example, mm-hmm. But if in the moment the producers are saying like, okay, well, this is all the information we have, or if they're also kind of saying like, you need to just sort of like let them work this out. um, There's, I think there's a kind of a a natural way in which the producers can kind of keep everyone in the, like, particularly the experts, I think, keep them sort of a little bit ignorant and from and sort of off to the side yeah which I imagine the experts are maybe on some level fine with mm-hmm. um but it I guess what I'm what this all comes down to I think allowing the experts to always maintain this like hmm. pose as mean sort of after the best interests of everyone involved mm-hmm. um having limited knowledge in the way that like a therapist would have really limited knowledge and like everything that's happening hmm believing hmm. taking at face value what the can like what the actual participants are saying to them and just mm-hmm. working off of that and not everything mm-hmm. um which is sort of what the producers would know which i then again think ultimately points back to production as as you said being kind of ultimately responsible for everything that happens mm-hmm. uh, because they have more knowledge and awareness of like what everyone is saying and how mm-hmm. they're feeling um and is I suppose a big reason why they have it in their contracts that like, look, you, you need to stay here or else, you know, get fined or, you know, risk, you know, being sued or legal action for breach of contract or something like that. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. I think, um, in some ways, I suppose this is, uh, does, I, I, Well, I was about to say, I think this is maybe like perverts, like the uh, essence of the experiment or the spirit of of Mm -hmm. the show. But I don't really know if that's true because I don't know that I feel that way, really. I think what I'm thinking of too is like of uh, marriage as also like a legal thing um, and that Mm -hmm. like being on a show where you get legally married and then also having a sort of a contract I don't know like I'm thinking yeah. of just like all these legal obligations being sort of built on top of each other um being a really mm-hmm. huge part of like what keeps the show in place and what keeps people there um and the pressure I think that also keeps them there also like fear of not only legal action but just sort of um uh the stigma of divorce and right. um um I yeah, it's just weird how like uh, there's a way in which I think the ultimate culpability or like responsibility or like ickiness um, or the power that producers have gets kind of diffused a little bit through yeah. the through what is already seems societal societal societies like sort of built in pressures around like marriage um, mm-hmm. and like the legal obligations to that that the producers don't aren't responsible for inventing you know and just sort of imposing it's like they're 
as that well the contracts but like not the like marriage part which allows them to kind Mm of a an added almost like safety net to try and keep the couples like in place almost um Mm -hmm. you know what I mean totally that's so interesting I mean it's interesting too just thinking of like marriage and contracts as like a smokescreen for producer Mm -hmm. influence like the experts are such a also genius device for that yes like such an easy even like the little bit I've waited into married at first sight reddit thus far uh people just blame the experts for production decisions and Mm. I think that's interesting um and I think it's interesting because like um the I I find production on this show to be a little sloppy like (laughs) in terms of the just like the number of the ratio of scenes that seem very clearly staged (laughs) for narrative sake and scenes that seem authentic is like 50 50 I mean Right. Every single time they like wake up and then brush their teeth together, I'm like, it's probably 12 p.m. Like, right, right. Yeah. They've, they've already done this. Yeah. And I think sometimes like it shows the seams a little bit of the show in these moments where we do see contestants directly giving experts information. Like, I'm thinking about this week with Chris when she says, like, Paige says, how many times she'd slept with Chris and that they were mm. actually having sex almost every day versus mm-hmm. what we knew about up to that point, which was twice on the honeymoon. And that was it. Right. Was such like an interesting moment of like, I don't want to say like subterfuge, but I don't know. It was just like very different. Right. And like mm-hmm. it, it became clearer, like that was a production control of narrative thing. And now they're shifting it. But um mm-hmm. Yeah, it feels sloppily produced to me sometimes, mm-hmm. but I'm still like willing to be pits at the experts and not producers. It's very yeah, strange. yeah. I think ah, um, <clears throat> uh, this show. There's just like so much here. Um, yeah. so we talking about like I, um, I think, um, so thinking about what the so this is like a running thing you know throughout all these seasons and with all the couples there's there's always Mm -hmm. seems to be this kind of negotiation on some level of what we're going to keep off camera Mm -hmm. and there's typically always someone who is trying to hide something someone who like one of the kind of I think uh cliches or tropes is somebody is not the same on camera as they are off and like what's the reason for that and um or also people sort of seeming to like crumble under like the influence like the anxiety of being on camera all the time mm-hmm. in in an experiment like this like taking its toll and that sort of being manifested in like slightly different ways but like that's always or especially in the more recent seasons like that is sort of um expressed as a kind of a reason for that yeah um so i find uh, the explicit acknowledgement of being on a television show and like the pressures of that to be really mm. interesting uh-huh. because that's not like to look at Bachelor as a comparison point it is only recently that we even see this kind of explicit acknowledgement of mm-hmm. like being on camera and how that might how that affects things um, but it's kind of like a regular 
it's like a really normalized thing in Married at First Sight. Um, yeah. So it's always interesting. Hmm. I think it's always something to like always be aware of a little bit is that there's stuff that we're not seeing that they're not saying because and they're perhaps talked about what they're not going to say and what they're not going to do on some level, which I find is I think is really interesting, and especially when mm-hmm. somebody violates what's what might be that agreement or that boundary and the the, like the what comes about be because of that um as a small example of this maybe um you know there is a moment when and I think the last episode when Brie and Vincent um when Vincent was upset uh and Mm -hmm. uh, frustratingly did not express that he was upset and Brie kind (laughs) of just kind of like poking around and I was like oh you know like you go to good and he was just kind of like non-committal or whatever or, or he was just kind of like yeah whatever yeah and then they went into the closet and shut the door and she yeah. would hear that she said like oh Vincent like what's wrong like was more direct about it and he again off camera you know even there was something like off camera was like yes I'm mad you know was like more yeah. direct about it and so it just seems I just thought that was really interesting that without the presence of cameras in particular, mm-hmm. even though they're still mic'd, but per, without mm-hmm. the, they're more mm. honest and direct with each other and that there's probably more that's happening. I mean, and that was like such a huge thing with like the last DC season with Mika yeah. and Michael where Michael was just like, like all of the shit was happening off camera like all this like yeah. ridiculous like, like like going to like this yoga studio and like <laughs> what, and all this stuff like him like lying about his way like all this stuff was just like happening off camera that mm-hmm. we never saw and the the huge thing with them was that he's never honest on camera you know and we can <laughs> you know what I mean so I I, I just find yeah. that experience as a viewer watching that and having to try and like read between the lines or hmm. trying to figure out who to believe um and the experts also kind of on some level being in that same hmm. interesting position where they're it's assuming that they don't know as much as they only know as much as we know mm-hmm. um, or even less perhaps um that they're also trying to figure out like what's going on and trying to give the best advice they can and often I think from our position or at least in my experience their advice falls flat because they don't know actually mm-hmm. what's happening you know mm-hmm. so they're giving like slightly shitty advice or just kind of off you know um yeah, yeah I so hmm. yeah so that, that was like I, I was just thinking about that as as you were talking about like the way that like the subterfuge that seems to happen on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, there's definitely been like, I can't remember which couple it is this season. One of them agreed they're not going to talk about their sex life at all. Or maybe that was New Orleans. But I feel like there's been couples who say they're not going to talk about their sex life with the that, experts. That has happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's so interesting because like, compared to the bachelor where they control every aspect of their environment and mm-hmm. what they do it's like the show obviously can't afford to pay their talent and i think probably doesn't want to like probably wants people who like have careers they can't mm-hmm. leave i think that's part of like mm-hmm. what makes the cast so good right um but because of that there are so many opportunities for that subterfuge you know or that scheming it's like so mm-hmm. interesting like it does I think you're right to say like increase the autonomy of the talent in ways that I think are make it feel a little bit more like housewives mm-hmm. or 
dance moms or something mm-hmm. where they're kind of clearly operating with their own motives that are clear mm-hmm. versus like a bachelor or a real world where people are in or survivor even where people are in these like totally controlled environments um mm-hmm. it's kind of a midpoint you know and that makes it so interesting yeah it's the control piece you know mm-hmm. i think i i i feel that the best reality tv shows have a sort of conceit where there is a variable that is completely outside the control of production mm-hmm. and that is what makes it feel real or more mm-hmm. documentary than like a like some a scripted mm-hmm. show like 90 Day Fiance for example is like <laughs> such a great example of this where there's like all these variables actually that are outside of the control production mm-hmm. and that's I feel is part of why it's so consistently th- like this thrilling because that stuff is always really dramatic like is this music going to get approved like is um yeah uh how did these people meet like all of that like none of that was like the production the producers didn't like put these people together you know and like you know what Mm -hmm. I mean so I think that's really fascinating I think here um you're right like the fact that they can't be monitored 24 you know 24 hours a day um and that there is opportunities to hide things Mm -hmm. uh to you know kind of um perhaps i mean what we might end up doing i hear is uh game theory on uh you know you know because i think that there is strategy and approaches that people um use and and the way that they, I think, think about the show, although I, 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 and I'm interested as we keep talking about this to see what you have, what do you think about that? And like, maybe what we see. Um, the one thing I also think is interesting is uh, when you're saying like, oh, I'm, I'm fine to be mad at the experts. And I think it's because we are told explicitly of the experts, like put sure. these pairs together. They are responsible <laughs> for putting these people together. Yeah. Um, even though on some level, we, I think, know that producers also like have a hand in this. So, and it is not clear how that gets worked out. Yeah. Um, that is like the biggest question I have is. So funny. Yeah. How, I want to know what specifically, what questions they ask, what kind of screenings they do, um, and who gets the final say. Like, is it the producers who say, like, you can pick from this pool. We've narrowed it down and we are fine with you picking, like, matching people within this pool, Mm -hmm. Um, which I would guess that's maybe what's happening, what's happening, you know? So there's kind of like a best of both worlds a little bit. It's like, okay, you know, the because I think the experts have to, be invested in the couples, which means I think they need to feel like they have some responsibility here. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. And it gets to this question that I think the biggest question that comes up on Reddit or that people get pissed about is like whether or not we think the experts or production intentionally match couples that are bad fits to create drama. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, and I'm interested to hear where, where you stand on this, but like, I'm a little bit more of a truther where I don't I don't really think that's happening only because I don't think, I think producers have an incentive or sorry. So I don't think that the interests are there, or I guess to put it another way, like compared to something like the bachelor, which is Mm -hmm. ultimately seeking antagonism (laughs) for Mm -hmm. conflict and make the show go. I think that 
by nature, this show needs most couples to work out mm-hmm. and it needs to be able to tape for a really long time. I mean, you mm-hmm. can't have a full season of Chris's and Paige's right? because you'll fill, you'll shoot for a week, you yeah. know? And I think that, uh, and people won't sign up if they think the couples are going to break all the t- break up all mm-hmm. the time or that it's like a trap. Mm-hmm. So I just don't think the producer inter- like their own whatever financial work interests are to create bad matches. Mm-hmm. Like, do I think that they will pick people who are more likely to be talking to them on TV or something versus being like a quote unquote soulmate? I mean, probably, but mm-hmm. I don't think it goes so far as to make bad couples. I I think you're right, hundred uh, percent. I because I don't think you need. I don't think you need to. I I don't think you need to intentionally try and make bad matches here because yeah. no matter what, there will be drama. Uh, yeah. The, the whole thing, like two people who don't know each other, are now in this like highly like constructed and somewhat mm-hmm. controlled environment or space where they mm-hmm. have to you know you introduce stress you introduce anxiety and um these people who don't know each other don't trust each other don't know how mm-hmm. to communicate with each other it's going to be dramatic no matter what no matter who mm-hmm. is, is paired together so i yeah so because you don't have to do that like there you might as well i think in good faith try and say like you know what? i think this could work out you know there's enough mm-hmm. here that if they worked at it if they you know are generous if they try really hard or whatever um it could work out mm-hmm. it could not work out but like it could work out as opposed mm-hmm. to thinking oh this will never work out you know totally and it, and that to me like gets at i think the fundamental dilemma of why i can't figure out which is like it's a mess. Again, like, as I was saying, like, so many scenes are so clearly staged so mm-hmm. poorly. Like, I find the concept of the use of the experts to be cheesy. <laughs> like, it's just a shit show, you know? Mm-hmm. I, like, I can't even think about the, like, marriage propaganda I'm absorbing. But at the- <laughs> it's nuts. But at the same time, like, I think because there's this lack of control and this kind of sense of agency on the part of the players Mm -hmm. I both find this question of whether or not they're intentionally manipulating their public images on the show like something very interesting to look out for Mm -hmm. but the flip side of that coin is like I really believe it when the couples fall in love with this show probably more so than any other show Mm -hmm. I believe it too and I think uh part of the proof is that those couples stay together yeah they stay together they have children like I think it seems like more often than not um Mm -hmm. and I think it is in part because they have enough agency to believe to to feel and believe that it's like really their choice that they're doing this um yeah I uh at some point um have you seen Married at First Sight Australia no I need to i I need to. You've been telling me this for a year. Yeah. So I I don't know if we'll you know at some point we're going to have to to do mm-hmm. a watch together. Um, I love that. Yeah. It's such an incredible like point mm. of comparison um, because what they do is that first of all they have uh, usually like ten couples. Oh wow. They start with ten couples. Um, they have the seasons are like thirty seven episodes long um because there's so many people 
they have they move them all into like one building Mm. um Hmm. they have these weekly dinner parties where all the couples get together and they like you know compare notes essentially and they have weekly commitment ceremonies so every week (laughs) every week you have to decide to stay um and it works because the couples that are sort of really explosive or just like kind of boring or just like not really gonna just don't want to do it like they leave and then you focus on the couples who do stick around and and because there's 10 couples there's enough you know yeah so like if (laughs) if this format so imagine the u.s format um the australian format in this particular season you could well i'm sure one of them would say leave or stay but oh that's the thing is um if your partner says stay and you say leave then you have to stay another week that's deranged i love that yeah it's uh it's like um it's it's high level <laughs> this is like genius real it, it's genius like, like the whole thing is incredible they literally built a prisoner's dilemma into a <laughs> dating show what the fuck? in the name of love so it's just- yeah <laughs> um so you can imagine that hmm. um we'd probably only deal with chris and Paige for like a week maybe two weeks mm-hmm. um maybe i mean we'll get to, i want to bracket them and like i have yeah. a lot of thoughts about them um but then you'd focus on these other couples you know um and sometimes they bring in if they lose a lot of couples they'll bring in new couples usually they usually do because they know they're going to lose like seven couple five couples by like halfway through because because they just don't make it you know um yeah but anyway so so I'm I'm really excited to talking more about like not only the shows in comparison but also I think the way that just like a different place and culture seems to like think about not only marriage but also the way they yeah talk about things like the way that they express things like there's just something really I think um more direct about Australians from what I can perceive Mm -hmm. on the show um that then going back and watching like the U.S. version is like oh there's a lot of like people don't say what they mean as much there's a there just feels like a lot more uh, subterfuge there's a lot more like it feels more calculated yeah it feels like people are uh less at least in Australia like if they're like it seems like if they are feeling conflicted or upset or they don't know if they want to talk mm-hmm. about something or whatever they'll like literally say that they'll say like yeah oh I'm hurt or whatever whatever it seems like in the American version mm-hmm. people are more likely not to express literally that like they're more likely to like beat mm-hmm. around the bush or be passive-aggressive or project or whatever this is a really like baby theory um Mm. but i'm but watching them at the same time it's just really interesting to note like the difference even in the men like the men cry more on those i don't know they're just like more expressive it feels like interesting yeah it's really interesting anyway but so we have we'll have to yeah watch that but i think that thread like it's so interesting and it gets at something that like uh, I feel about this show, um, you know, at, 
initial blush, and I know we've like bitched about this together, it feels very much like marriage propaganda, right? Like weddings are this thing or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. and this is a similar thing that happened with Love is Blind too, where I think it ultimately functions to undermine this idea that marriage is a process that you work at and only if only if you stick with the process and do the work will you end up in love because the couples that always end up working on this show are the ones that instantly liked each other Mm -hmm. I think there's one or two examples of couples who have like worked it out but the couples that instantly like each other are always the successful ones Mm -hmm. so in a lot of ways I think it like undermines its own central premise about marriage and Mm -hmm. the process um but at the same time, like seeing people fall in love at first sight is very intoxicating and something yeah. I like to do. So, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, it'll be fine. I think I'm, I'm interested in really like tracking that and just sort of seeing like, okay, what are statistically if, yeah. you know, like hmm. how many of these couples who like don't have that initial enough attra- initial attraction actually mm-hmm. make it to the end? Um, because mm-hmm. I'm thinking, because uh, I haven't seen the New Orleans season, I'm just thinking of like the DC season. And I would say like only the couple that had like that really like, well. Yeah. There's two, right? Well, actually, are you thinking about if Deanna and Greg were instantly attracted to each other or not? No, I guess I'm thinking they weren't on that. That was uh, North Carolina, South Carolina. I'm thinking of you know the, the DC one, the one with Mika and Michael and Brandon and sure. Taylor okay. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Zach and Mindy and like that whole <laughs> I love you so much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well then I could say I could just like list all the couples. <laughs> and then be like, Kate, no, don't be an idiot. Derek and Katie, you know. Um but yeah, I'm thinking of that uh well, I mean, Derek and Katie, like, they were attracted to each other, but then, mm-hmm. or no, yeah, yeah, they were, and then Katie, and, or, anyway, let's not go, okay, well, we can, <laughs> sorry, I don't want to get too distracted, but I, I but, but I am interested in thinking about, like, how much, like, what does initial attraction, like, how much, like, credit does that, like, how much time does that buy you exactly, like, how much goodwill, I suppose, does yeah. that get you, if, like, you are attracted to somebody um how long can you ignore like some of like those fundamental issues um because you're just having a good time and then also uh it can be a double-edged sword because I think a lot of times what happens is people they think oh my god this is a dream come true I'm really into this person it's easy it's great this is how marriage is supposed to be and then they get into a tiff and then without fail someone says a version of well I saw another side of this person and I don't really like that and now I don't know like they feel betrayed they feel confused just like yeah you know Mm -hmm. their expectations have been completely destroyed um and it can be really hard to get back from that versus you know kind of being open and it being kind of rocky and then building towards something that like feels good you know and having your arguments or Mm -hmm. difficulty first and then getting over that versus smooth sailings hitting a rough patch and then being completely like destabilized um yeah Hmm. you know and and everything kind of I'm wondering I imagine there's like kind of a continuum that we'll be able to sort of see but um Hmm. yeah I think uh what I wonder sometimes if that like love at first if it if when that happens, it does also undercut the idea that like, if you are 
if you just want to like sleep with each other and like really like and think you're totally attractive then that's enough um because unmarried at first sight it's not enough um, not not always <laughs> not always yeah one thing I wonder about well I want to preface this as one thing is I appreciate about you is you are like an astute anthropologist of masculinity like I think you, <laughs> your observations and commentary on masculinity are always the ones I trust and value the most Aww. so I'm curious to hear like how do you feel about masculinity as it's presented on this show oh that's such an amazing question I'm so glad you asked um, <laughs> <laughs> um I think so I think it's often um, extremely conservative and mm-hmm. very, uh, very tied to, it's very tied to a very conservative and I think mm-hmm. kind of um, restrictive and um, I, I would say like a very Christian idea of like what a, a man is mm-hmm. and particularly a man's role in a household and in a mm-hmm. marriage. And the person who really pushes this idea is pastor cal um i <laughs> you imagine i have a very hard time with pastor cal because i think he is um because i think instead of oftentimes listening to what like men in this particular instance are saying he's just he says a version of like man up he's just saying a version yeah. of like be a man about this which is just like you know, take care of your wife. It's usually like, oh, you need to like take care of your wife. You need to, um, you know, be responsible. You need to like not like, you know, pick your head up and like not and get over like what he might see as like petty small stuff. Like this is like basically yeah. his advice to men hmm. is always like hmm. if they're um, expressing uh sort of a difficulty or like a problem or like frustrations with their wife or whatever or even if like their wife is upset it's always like the man's job to fix it it's Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. they need to sort of bracket whatever justified personal thing they have going on shove it to the side because they need to take care of their wife like and their Mm -hmm. feelings like they're Mm -hmm. not supposed their wives are not really supposed to like take care of their like complicated emotional feelings because like they don't have them uh or men, <laughs> men don't really have them and Pastor Cal's like, so I think what ends up happening is um what ends up happening is my sense is a lot of times the men when they're having um when something is happening in the relationship and they're having a hard time communicating their feelings or what's going on, which is like almost all the time, <laughs> every week, <laughs> it, you know, every week. And they interact with pastor Cal in particular, who seems hmm. like often like a first responder. Um, hmm. Often I think what ends up happening is he gets kind of, they get this kind of like man up, Mm-hmm. sort of treatment or response um mm-hmm. and as we're watching I, i'll get more specific but like, i think in general i think that's what happens and there's um he more than the other experts like really holds to mm-hmm. i in the idea of like what a marriage is like his he cares about marriage and mm-hmm. what that means and how a man is supposed to be in a marriage and how a wife is supposed to be in a marriage but he is particularly harder on like more direct with the men because I think um it would 
obviously look weird if he was being really patriarchal and like sort of Puritan (laughs) about like what a woman should do. But he is, he has no, he has no reservations about telling like men that they just need to be men. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I find it, what I find really sad is often the men are just kind of like, yeah, okay. Like they, they just sort of are like, yeah, you're right. I need to just be a man about this I guess Mm -hmm. and the wives are often I feel I think often feel supported but it's also because what they're being told is their feelings are more in like kind of like well you know they're women so like (laughs) like you know like you know how women are and so you just gotta you know be a man it's just very like Mm -hmm. it's just really frustrating because the way that it doesn't it might not seem that way based on like what he's saying but I feel like the gist is just like hey like what and he's so like I don't know like he's just not very um (laughs) like he's just not good he just wants to he just wants to like button it up he's like oh what's is there a problem oh well just like you know just talk to your wife or like uh let when she he says to Jacob like Mm -hmm you know, let your wife change you or whatever. And like, not just like, Jacob, do you want to be changed? Like, how important (laughs) is this stuff to you? You know, he's just like, you know, it's all like, oh, happy wife, happy life. It's kind of, again, like that's like his thing. Um, And so I think the effect is to often minimize the emotional experiences of the men on the show. And it makes Mm -hmm. it even harder, I think, for them to articulate what's happening in part because not only is their partner most often already like uh, if not antagonistic like upset and so not really listening to them um it just sucks when the experts even subtly are siding usually with the women um Mm -hmm. or like being more like you know tisk tisk or like you need to like make a change to the men um Mm -hmm. is specifically how pastor cal is i think uh dr viviana and dr pepper who we never fucking see anymore um, <laughs> god bless her yeah. um, she's getting that paycheck and she's she's <laughs> like out. um they're i think a little bit more and perhaps this isn't surprising i think they're a little bit more uh they think about the relationship as a relationship yeah first and mm-hmm. not a marriage first um but that is something I, I as we continue to like talk about this, I, I'll probably pay closer attention to is just like how the ways that the men are talking about th- this. And it also doesn't help. I've got, I feel like I've been talking forever, but I think no, it's it. what's also interesting is that this is set in the South in Georgia. Yeah. A lot of the people on the show are Christian or seem like generally yeah. like socially conservative in some way, or at least are very attached to or accepting of traditional gender roles and sex roles. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, I guess we and I were talking about this a lot. Like when, you know, when Eric it tells Chris oh. to like man up. Mm-hmm. Um, oh. So my, my take on just him being like sloshed at like 2 PM. Everything. Uh, yeah. And, and, and saying like so there's not a there's some stuff with Eric I was like oh no 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 that's that's across the line but that's not that's not great but him saying just like telling Chris to man up was like I felt like him I thought like oh this is just like the men are really bad at like 
uh, or I should say, are not really taught always like how to offer like emotional support to other men in particular, or to yeah. anybody, but like particularly men. Yeah. So him saying like, oh, you know, him saying seemingly earnestly, like, I know you're having a, a going, experiencing a rough time, but you just need to man up is like, is just like, so Eric would say that even if he was sober and it would be yeah. re anything like any, so it's just like, a <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like you just got to be a man. And like, this is the thing that he was told is just like, oh, that's hard. Or you're sad. Well, like, you know, you just got to be a man and like, just fucking uh, power through and, mm-hmm. you know, take care of your wife. You know, he was just like, you know, you're, you have to take care of your wife. You have to think about how she's feeling. Like you have to, again, bracket everything that you're feeling because it's not about you. It's mm-hmm. about this person that you're supposed, this woman that you're supposed to be taking care of and you're supposed to be sort of, you know, providing for and that sort of thing. So I felt like I didn't see it as disrespectful. I thought I saw it as like, oh, this is all he has like to offer. Like this yeah. is what he thinks and this is all that he can say is just like, you know, just be a man and like, it'll be fine. Just like be a man, just be a man, be a man. And I thought, yeah, hmm. this is like, that's it that's all he's that's all he's got um Mm -hmm. so it's Mm -hmm. not just like the experts usually but I think sometimes this is a way in which like the other men in the show are and again it's only Eric I don't know we don't really Eric is the only one who's really saying this but again I think it's instructive because often like other men will say a version of this they just don't just say be a man they'll say well uh it, we'll see it next week when Vincent's friend is like, you've got a great girl, dude. You know, you just got to don't lose her. It's yeah. the same like, oh, like it just it's, it's what it's not is how are you really feeling? Like, mm-hmm. what do you need? Let me just sort of validate that and like give you space to do it. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, mm. like mm. just uh be a man i guess is often um is often when we get on this show i think yeah yeah pastor cal is such an interesting figure in all of that i think i experience him no i don't hate him as much as you do (laughs) (laughs) only because like i agree like he's such a voice of like a really specific kind of christian masculinity that is at this stage in my life, fascinating. I think I would have found more, like, I don't know, like, I feel like I have enough distance from living in a, being around a lot of Christians where I'm like, that's interesting and not like, that's heinous. It's mm-hmm. it's heinous. But like, uh, sometimes, especially like, I was thinking about it a lot with this episode, he will arrive at advice that I think I would also give, but he will arrive at it through this like, fucking Rube Goldberg straw of like masculinity and Christianity like do an example yeah so I'm thinking a lot about the Eric and Virginia sit down with him this week where you know Virginia who is clearly an alcoholic keeps being like (laughs) I pass out on my male friends couches a lot like I sleep there all the time and I don't think I should have to tell my husband where I'm going or when I'm coming home. I would also advise her to not do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you right. know, like to, to me, her like to me, the issue is more like she needs to 
let herself be vulnerable and like cared for and just understand like and want to have like accountability and you know when you love your partner you just care about their safety and want to know where they are right it's like, right it's right. not about like are you having sex or whatever it's just about like i want you to want to end up with me at the end of the night and <laughs> yeah enough to call an uber home you know yeah <laughs> or let me come pick you up so yeah you know like that's what that is to me but he comes at it as like you need to be as a man as a husband which is the house band whatever that means <laughs> what do you call it band of the house band of the house <laughs> what <laughs> that to me is like a jazz quartet at like a Mimi's cafe but he um like arrives at that same conclusion of don't do that that way but it is vis-a-vis like because I'm a man and not because of like oh and I, I want to make sure no other men are taking advantage of you in that state I was like yeah men are shitty and do good sexual assault but like let's not make this about her as property yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um i told you i also sort of cringed when he was like as a man like as a married man i'm uncomfortable with that and i was just thinking like you you can be uncomfortable with it and it has nothing to do with you being married and i i think that that was part of part of that framing is why virginia is resistant to it because i think she sees it as really being about control which it is as framed that way and mm-hmm. so um if eric was to say uh you know i am just concerned about your safety slash and also i like i really want you to come home at night like we're married like as, as part of us sort of building this but like i yeah. want to feel closer to you like i want to feel um as a part of me sort of building trust with you, like I, that's something that like I really like and would need. So it's not even about right control. It's like, I want to build trust with you. I need like, this is, this will help me trust you mm-hmm. more. Like that's what it is. And as opposed mm-hmm. to like focusing more on his feelings about it and less about like her actions, I guess. And yeah. really like, the imagined actions of these other people yeah um and if she still says no like that that's i mean that's her response is besides the point it's like but framing it as like this is what it is and not like you're a wife which means like you need to kind of do what i say which is how eric what he thinks and is also how he frames things so it is no surprise that she is a little more like you can't tell me what to do (laughs) um because that is what he's saying um Hmm. I actually, though, I think you're letting Doctor Viv off the hook too too easily. Am I? Yeah, I think she's heinous. I hate her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I. I. You know what? I focus a lot on Pastor Cal. Um, I will say that. What is an example that springs to mind of like Doctor Viv being just like it being, <laughs> <laughs> being horrible? Yeah. Okay. So for me, Doctor Viv, like. Because her whole role in this is, like, the sex kind of person, right? Like, they don't ever explicitly name it, but I feel like she's the big guns they call in when a couple hasn't had sex yet. Mm-hmm. Or, like, later when she comes up with, like, the intimacy games mm-hmm. for yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Which makes me suicidal every time it happens. But, like, <laughs> part of it is, like, she has this very, like, simplistic and gendered understanding of sexuality where she's, like, 
women want to feel trust and appreciated and a slow build and men want to be visually made horny and like these are your options and here are some puzzles to here are some sex dice to help you like build that it's like very gendered and very reductive and mm. stupid you know it's like yeah yeah so frustrating and I think it like maybe flies under the radar a little more because I mean I think in in society's clamor to appear quote-unquote sex positive which doesn't mean what anyone thinks it means and whatever I've ranted about this a thousand times but I think no one wants to like touch that or like critique that in the same way and like Mm -hmm. you know for couples who are I think like seeking a a way to have sex or you know, trying to find that spark or whatever. I think that like subscribing to that simplistic view can be help helpful for them maybe, mm-hmm. or just like appear like the clearest path forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think her, the way she deals with like sex in these relationships is really icky and weird. Yeah, I can see that. I, I think broadly the way that they deal with intimacy is oh my god just generally <laughs> fucked and um so yeah and and watching like the couples flounder around um you know like i was it um pastor i think just like uh the expectations being they could just if they set slightly different expectations yeah i think things would be I think everyone would have an easier time um yeah in that if they thought about intimacy is like here is here are like all of the ways that you can be intimate and mm-hmm. if they're like here you should build trust and like this is if you can consistently build trust then like these other things will probably follow um I think just a lot of the angst that what that happens in some of these relationships would, would go away but yeah. because like neither Dr. Viv or uh, Pastor Cal really are explicit about say it's okay if you don't have sex that's fine you know they don't really say that they're just like you should have sex like it's if you're not having Mm -hmm. sex like that's concerning that means that your relationship isn't good and isn't healthy it's just like you know why don't we take a step back and think about how they could have sex and the relationship could still be really shit um, because they don't trust each other or don't really like each other or whatever. Like Chris and Paige had sex. We've learned a lot. Um, And okay. Can we focus on this for just a second? Yes, please. I've been dying to. Um, I, I haven't experienced (laughs) this much discomfort in a while remarried at first sight (laughs) than when Pastor Cal is asking about their sex life and Paige is talking about it. Um, what was your, what was your response to that conversation? Um, similarly wanted to peel off my own skin but (laughs) also like um I I thought it was weird or not weird and I don't know how Paige felt right I don't want to like project onto her or Mm. anything but it did feel like she like he kept asking her why she had sex with him or what Mm -hmm. was going through her head and 
I felt like she was kind of constructing a narrative, like giving this story of like, he was my husband. I wanted to please him, blah, blah, blah. And like, maybe she, I'm sure that that was a factor, but I mm-hmm. think like, because Pastor Cal is Pastor Cal, there was like a little bit less nuance there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and again, I don't know, but just speculating. I mean, it could be possible that she wanted to fuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we've seen her expressed an interest in sex previously she also wanted to make him happy and make this relationship work and maybe she had her own reasons for wanting mm-hmm. you know like right more all these reasons that i think it got kind of like reduced to her talking about it in a way that kind of like took a lot of agency away from herself mm-hmm. and yeah. again maybe that's how she felt i don't want to like project but i do think that like because pastor cal in particular was the one sent there and was like really interrogating that issue for her in this Mm -hmm. way that I don't think was necessary to kind of grasp the issues with their relationship it it was weird yeah yeah I kept thinking that he was trying to ferret out if it was consensual or not yeah and I was just like why are you doing that exactly um because also, what if she says, part of me was like, what if she says no? No, yeah. Like, are you really equipped, like, are you really equipped for that? Um, mm-hmm. And also, it, her response was probably l- less, I think he kept asking because I think it wasn't really the answer that he was expecting. It almost felt like he felt that it wasn't or that he, that she had been kind of coerced or something um, and wanted to, yeah, just like wanted to know more about that when it sounds like maybe she was, I don't know. I mean, was initially conflicted but like as she said consented and I think that the where it's like difficult is um or like I don't know I guess like re-consent it's like okay so you can be you can like be conflicted and then like decide to consent and consent yep. or you can be kind of ambivalent about yep. a, like some sort of sexual act and it doesn't really mean that you were taken advantage of you know and I think that that that's where it I wasn't I was like where is this line of questioning going exactly because if she said because totally. if she if she like really said like well you know I don't know like i felt kind of ambivalent about it. I wanted to, but I had like reservations, but like I did, like, I feel okay about it. Um, but was I like a hundred percent like into it? I don't know. Not really. Like what, what do you expect yeah. him to do with that? Like, what are we supposed to, you know what I mean? Like, are we supposed right. to, like, it felt like it was inviting like this, a take that was like, Oh, like he, because he lied about these things, and misled her then those things were like not consensual there's no way for her to consent for it like that and that we should feel weird about that um and I just didn't like I felt like that was like what was part of the stuff that like he was kind of noodling around in um but she wasn't really giving like quite like the response to like make a lot of that like you know like make a meal out of that and so I was kind of like you know this 
the the like the knowledge that they've had sex like like consists somewhat consistently is makes me think that the relationship is like messier than what we're we're getting a reductive version of their relationship and the fact that we know that chris does a lot of things off camera it's a lot of things like they take their microphones off a lot yeah um i still have yet to really hear more from Paige about what is going on on her end because you know all signs point to this man is like an ancient (laughs) man and this is not worth your time and I know that like you're a woman of God and stuff but and you think marriage is and you take vows seriously but like he this is like not great um and I'm just starting to feel a little more skeptical of her hmm. uh, of her period and that like even though she's being edited as like the pure victim of the situation yeah um, she has had like several opportunities to just be like no thanks and has not to me um he he literally said i'm i'm still in love with my ex and she was like hasn't really really like pulled the plug and i'm just kind of like i too am wondering a little bit more like so what is it that's keeping you in this if it's like the sex is actually really good okay i just need i i want to like I feel like she's keeping like, oh, I like feel bad for me. Like, oh, this really sucks. She's like, yeah, this does suck. Like, why don't you just leave? And she, to me, hasn't like fully responded yeah. to that. Like, and um, and we see that like, you know, she has to sit down next week with him and his ex-fiance. And I'm just like, so. Oh, God. Like, how am I, like, I, I, I want to be on your side here, Paige. You keep doing things that make it seem like you want to be mm-hmm. on TV for as long as possible. Um, <laughs> and, and it's really hard. And, like, my sympathy is starting to, like, evaporate. Mm-hmm. Especially, yeah. I mean, I'm with you on, like, the sex questions because it felt like, I mean, I think I would attribute 75% of my feel my blame about why the conversation went poorly to Pastor Cal, but mm-hmm. I do agree that she was like very on board with like having this recast narrative of herself as the victim of this sex. Mm-hmm. Um when I do think the real like question or relevance of the sex was like the effect that it had on her in terms mm-hmm. of like making her think he was more invested in their relationship yes. than he probably actually is. Right. And especially, like, I mean, I know that we're talking about, like, the process and marriage and whatever. But, like, if you zoom out, I mean, (laughs) Chris's obligations should probably be to his ex-fiance at this point. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Not to someone he met a week ago on a TV show. Like, if I was, like, the fiance's family or Chris's family, I would be like, you got to get out of this thing and just figure what the fuck is happening with your child. Like, I actually... (laughs) yeah figure out a payment plan to to pay back the producers and you know move on with your life get out of there you know like and it's interesting I mean he I think 
I mean, my view of him in this is complicated by him like whispering to her inner ear that like he's worried about falling in love with her. Like I do think he is being kind of shitty, mm-hmm. pretty shitty. Uh but at the same time, I do think he had like an escape route available if he had wanted to take it, which is right. like I'm so sorry. I fucked up really bad. I need to figure this out off camera. Right. You know, like. Right. Yeah. It's just their motivations seemed to, what they say to us, it seems to change every scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that it's a complicated and, you know, messy situation. It's so it's hard to know firmly like where to side um and i think pastor cal attempts to simplify everything when it's not simple um Uh uh-huh kind of messed and i think the attempts of like the producers to kind of like fit it into like a narrative that keeps changing yeah and in which they're not getting perfect they don't really have perfect information it sounds like so like Mm -hmm. they're just kind of like responding to what you know the players are doing yeah feels like it definitely feels like out of control like the (laughs) these two feel out of control Mm -hmm. um and I think production is trying to like manage this the best way they can but it definitely seems like they are at the mercy of these two participants and like Mm -hmm. what they decide to do and I think the confusion is evident I think in the fact that they're like yeah I mean I've never seen them like film audio like they're saying like oh Paige yeah. told us what Chris said because we don't know because Chris isn't telling us yeah so we so all we're doing is saying like what Paige is telling us that Chris is saying and we're supposed to just believe Paige mm-hmm. you know again we're sort mm-hmm. of we're supposed to just believe her so because what else do we have to go on because Chris is like not we don't know what he's saying so it just creates like a weird yeah. situation where we're supposed to believe Paige. That's what it is for me. We're supposed to believe Paige, but I feel like Paige isn't saying, like there's something that she's not saying also. And that's, I don't know what it is that she's not saying, but I think it's probably to me like how she feels like actually, and that I'm not sure about. Like if she's, like if she's like, I actually hate this man, but I believe in marriage, so I'm going to stay. Or like, I want to be on TV because I'm a realtor and it will help my career. Uh, and so I'm mad I got yeah. this like ancient man, but like, I'm just going to write this out as long as I can. Um, and perhaps if I was producing, I would say, you know, you look really good here because he's a jackass. Um, so yeah. if nothing else, like you'll look good here, you know? I mean, that's a good point. Cause I hadn't really like thought about, her willingness to continue to have these off mic conversations with him and engagements, but then to come back to the camera, right. And like mm-hmm. present a narrative. It is interesting. You're right. Like I, I think I was incorrectly not reading into those machinations of like her clearly working out a narrative, you know, mm-hmm. Because even the oh sorry go ahead no 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 you say keep going even her like the when we see her talking to production and then like filling the phone I mean the like cussing and and I I mean she's not blameworthy for cussing and I'm sure she is like feeling a lot of strong feelings but that's just like a strength of emotion Mm -hmm. and anger that she doesn't express anywhere else on camera right so yeah 
this is a different narrative. Yeah. And I think they assume that the things that they don't say on camera won't be put into the show. I just yeah. have a feeling that's what they're assuming and that their conversations with producers won't be put on the show. Which to this point has been true. true. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because again, like it is interesting, I think for the first time seeing them interact with production, it does undermine this idea that the experts are maximally in control. Mm-hmm. And the idea that production was willing to like tip that hand, presumably they were forced to because they needed like narrative coherence, but mm-hmm. um it is a really interesting experimentation experiment of the show. I don't think it's made before. And right. I'm interested to see how it affects the presentation of the experts in production moving forward. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, I guess I want to take a stab at thinking about, um, I want to put something on the table as far as mm-hmm. like the goals of, like so, if we're thinking about this as a as the gamey ele- elements of yeah. this experience for the, for these participants or players, thinking like what is their goal exactly? And I think it's not as straightforward as like maybe in The Bachelor as like it's not a competition, mm-hmm. um, so it's not. So I don't think like winning is objectively like not necessarily what they want. I think it's a little bit more subtle. I think it's mm-hmm. like being seen getting like the best edit possible or presenting the best face as they can so uh if a relationship is going down the tubes for example wanting to be seen as a person who's like here for the right reasons and who tried and not the person who was responsible Mm -hmm. for this like relationship ending um wanting to be like like getting perhaps like the victim at it like they're you're like they're a victim of this other person like being a bad partner and not like being the bad partner themselves I feel like a lot of Mm. what I would attribute as like the reasons why they're trying one is trying to like uh be subversive or or Mm -hmm. engage in subterfuge Mm. is because they're trying to control the way that they're perceived and seen in this Mm -hmm. relationship and Mm -hmm. Um, I think if we look at it, we can probably see it throughout most of the couples as like, this is in conflict. There's this kind of, I think, calculation about it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to return to the example of Brie and Vincent um, because Brie has over and over has said that she doesn't want to come across as bossy or like rude um, to him, but I think also to us. Oh yeah. And so when she uh sort of is more directly confronts him about how he's feeling like behind closed doors I feel like that's another like she is trying to a part of that calculation is to be like is something going on like just tell me now here like we can talk about it behind closed doors and it's not like seen um Mm -hmm. or perhaps if she gets upset then it's not seen it's sort of it's sort of protective it can be protective for both people yeah like if someone wants to have an argument off camera Mm -hmm. I think sometimes that move is self-protective because like they don't want necessarily Mm -hmm. to be the one to look bad and also to have uh more wiggle room when it comes to influencing or controlling like the perception of the fight Hmm. yeah it's so interesting too because like I guess I'm so used to bachelor conversations thinking about 
people trying to control their own narratives for purposes of getting Instagram famous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But here it feels much more self-protective or like Mm -hmm. raw, you know, because it's really about how they're read as a person and not how they're read as like a brand. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which is so interesting, you know? Yeah. It feels like there's more legitimately at stake in Mm -hmm. every conflict and even when they're upset. I mean, even Vincent saying like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to snap and say something that I don't mean or, you know, and again, I think, I believe that's out of concern for the relationship. I also think that it's like, he doesn't want to be perceived at, he doesn't, he's worried about being perceived in a certain way, looking a certain way. Yep. Um, and I have to say, I think, this is something that I think makes sense for a lot of the sort of non-white contestants, particularly the black ones Absolutely. to be like yeah. really, really, really invested in and really careful about um, because they are perhaps expected or could, especially in like moments of high emotion to be, to look mm-hmm. to, you know, you know, could uh, fit to, you know, stereotypical presentations and, and perceptions of them. And I, I, I that's mm-hmm. what I hear a lot from behind Breeze. Like I really don't want to be perceived absolutely this way. Um and which again I think makes the way that they navigate that like especially interesting um on a show like this where they can't avoid conflict for too long. And when eventually they're going to probably express really uh some sort of less self-consciously like emotion. Um, or even when they shut down and they don't want to talk. There's stuff like that. I think is, I see that as like very interesting mm-hmm. and like worth noting. Um, and I think that we, you know, might be worth paying attention to, especially thinking about um, how much gets worked out on television that we see and how much gets worked out behind the scenes and like who does that. And I don't know. I, just, I think these are just like things that I'm, I guess I'm putting on the table for us to return to as, you know, as we continue to move through this season in the series. Yeah, I really want you to watch New Orleans now. I, oh, I, mean, okay. I always want you to, but um, there's this guy, this couple, Miles and Karen, and they're both black. And there's this issue where, like, he discusses, like, intentionally, like, feeling weird being filmed, obviously, mm-hmm. but also kind of like wanting to show just like the ups of a relationship and like joy. But then it's mm-hmm. so interesting, which I, makes sense and like he's managed Mm -hmm. he's I guess I'm trying to say he's more explicit about managing those expectations and I think and his own feelings about managing those expectations and a lot of Mm -hmm. folks are and it's been so interesting to watch him post show because he the result they stayed together but it was it fell really flat and no one like as a viewer it's confusing Mm -hmm. because you don't see them having like their relationship just seems really one note and like it's not working but Mm -hmm. He's very clear post-show that he thinks they were not edited well, or there's a lot that like didn't that went on between them that either wasn't shown or they didn't allow to be shown, like it didn't happen on camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd just be really interested to hear like eventually how you like read his presentation and like mm-hmm. opinions on his own management of it. And like, I mean, if we could ever interview anyone, <laughs> I would like love to talk to Miles about it, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. And on that season too, I think Bennett and uh, Amelia would be interesting people to talk about like gender on the show on mm. just, or masculinity specifically with Bennett um, and how they experience the experts mm. putting masculinity on him. Um, 
because he like sleeps in a dress and clearly is like all his friends are gay and he's just like not invested in the same view of masculinity that the people on the show are so anyway goals but okay i think they're okay. a really interesting counterfactual both of them are to like these theories that you've been teasing out you know ah, okay ah, yeah. all right yes you're right <laughs> i will i will uh i will get on new orleans um sooner rather than later for sure right. i gotta get on to all of australia so yeah oh and there's so there's so much it's oh, so oh it's so good um wow yeah um I don't, are there any, uh, any other couples that, uh, whose issues are, do you want to like touch on or bring, I mean, we can always like return to them, of course, but I'm just wondering if there's anybody else, um, who you found, who you're like really interested in and invested in. I'm not invested in them, but I am struggling to work through my feelings about them this week. Uh, Haley and Jacob. (laughs) uh yeah that fight like i actually no longer think he's autistic you win this round (laughs) (laughs) okay it's i'm sorry Uh, like what i'm now i'm curious i also know i was like i don't think it's autistic um but what was the was there a moment uh, okay (laughs) uh, i think just like not that autistic people can't get angry or get in fights but just like I just think more as he's revealed himself and his like investments in the relationship, he's just come across as more like shitty and managing his affect for TV and less like he's actually struggling to interpret her feelings or something like this in a way that I think like Henry from new Orleans, who I think is autistic uh, and has confirmed it maybe um, like does, you know, um, yeah, I don't, I I guess like, and this is probably internalized to misogyny, but I have been viewing Haley as like the antagonist or like the, the victim in all, or the, the non-victim in all of this and their fights. But now I'm like, his body language during that argument of him like maximally standing tall and storming around and taking up space and her like, I don't know. I, I would feel nervous if I was in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, I just didn't, I don't like him anymore. Mm. I didn't like him that much. And I really hate him now. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I, I mean, I just, I just say like break them <laughs> up. I don't know. One thing I I for, yeah. I had to I kept reminding myself is that she's at least ten years younger than him, right? And um, and also you know what I, I tend to like side with somebody who says I'm uncomfortable. Like I just yeah. or like I'm I am not super affectionate. Like I don't want to like it takes me time to like build that you know that kind of want to have that level of affection or whatever yeah um I tend to side with those people instinctively and and just like to the their partner who's unfailingly like oh like it's a marriage like we should be like you know yeah we're not like friends and like we need to be like kissing and all this stuff I just always want to be like like relax like mm-hmm. can you just chill um because also it's usually like well I, it makes me feel like that person's not into me and it's like yeah well maybe they're not 
I don't know. Like it's not crazy. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, maybe they just don't fucking know you, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, stop, you know, don't be so insecure about this. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I I feel like there's always, they could always listen to the person and say, Mm -hmm. who is usually saying, uh, well, Haley's like not into him. Um, But like, I think you can feel, I suppose this this is hard, but you can feel rejected and like, not take it a step further and feel like it's really about you necessarily like take it like super personally um you can just be like oh okay this person is not when someone says I'm not feeling a connection I feel like that doesn't foreclose the possibility of a potential connection I think sometimes often what it's saying is like what is he saying she's like I've been single for like seven years um I don't know you uh and I'm slow to warm so mm-hmm. your expectation should be, oh, like it should not be, oh, she's doing this because she doesn't like me or because yeah. I'm unattractive. That that's not what she's saying. That's not that's literally not what she's saying. And if she's, you know, what she's saying is, you know, all like all this other stuff, like very specifically, um, yeah. you're just not like you just don't believe her and you're taking it like, oh, you just don't think I'm attractive because I'm I like the eighties and shit. And it's like, yeah, that is part of it, you know? <laughs> and worse, he takes it to, she must have a boyfriend. Oh God. Yeah. Not even to like, it's not even about him. He can't even introspect so far as to be like, she doesn't like me. But he said like, oh, well, you know, that's happened yeah. to me in the past. And so that's just what I think. It's like, okay, wait. So you know that you're projecting, you know, yep. that yep. Th- it's not her, it's you, but you're still like taking it out on her. I, like, that's the part where I'm, like mm-hmm. like if you knew that why didn't you just go like you should have just you could have just been like oh yeah okay this is just me and you could have just said like oh you could have stopped first and been like oh right I, I think I'm, I'm probably just feeling insecure fine and express that to her um or just like really straight up apologized um but instead it's just like you know all women oh well and he's like yeah well you know I've been like the other guy before and all this stuff I was like I mean sucks to suck but like that's not her fault um and that's not really about her you know and I wish Pastor Cal would have said that I did too yeah well and like for me I I I think she has like lied or omitted information from him but I think Mm -hmm. it's because she is very clearly trying to like manage his reactions to stuff Mm -hmm. and somewhat manage her own how she's perceived too but I really think that she's like in that spot of trying to manage him and Mm. for him to like detect what she's doing enough to think that she's lying, but not enough to realize that it's like about a lack of communication, her not being into him, him pushing things too far, like not again, like introspect enough to realize that like, that's why she's doing all of this Mm -hmm. is like gross and scary. Yeah. Yeah, and also not, and again, no, no one is telling him that that's what's happening. Instead, Pastor Cal yeah. is like, you're into the 80s too much, and maybe she'll like you more if you stop being into neon, which is not what's going to happen. So it's just like the advice yeah. that they get is not, like imagine someone had said, asked Haley, like, okay, so how do you feel 
when he responds, you know, like responds like that, or like, how do you, you know, take seriously like that she's, you know, anxious, like that she's weary and anxious of like his responses to things and, you know, and just ask like, yeah, okay. So like, what's talk about that or like having him reflect on the way that he responds and like what, how she responds to that. Um, I, and also, I guess I, I don't mean to keep harping on this, but I no. just think it is so relevant that she has not been in like a long-term relationship, really, like as like a grown-up. Well, since her what, like high school boyfriend, right? Yeah. That's what it comes out as, yeah. Yeah, and so maybe something that Patrick Kalman has said to her is like, yeah, you, as you know, as you've said, you don't, this is brand new territory for you, so you should might you might adjust your expectations of yourself and you mm-hmm. d- dude need to adjust your expectations because this is really really brand new territory for her so mm-hmm. um it's just like but instead it's just like you know be a man um and stop being into the 80s and stuff <laughs> like it's just like oh god i i mean it is crazy to watch like <laughs> Like they make this whole thing, like you said, about him being in the 80s. And the problem is clear that he just doesn't listen when she talks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't care about her opinions or getting to know her. He just monologues at everybody. And it's like, it is infuriating to have that be like, oh, he just has this quirky interest. That's the problem. And not like, he, I don't know. There are so many times when I'm like, so many people's problems could be simplified by like just say you hate women you know <laughs> we just, like move on stop wasting my time and say you hate women and i feel that way about him a lot he has and very the- like yeah toxic reddit energy to me mm, yeah like he's resentful that he is even 38 and on this show yeah. um, and that he like he's clearly uh experienced like a lot of embarrassment and hurt and mm-hmm. in past relationships and is super quick to just assume that all women are like this and uh that he has been sort of taken advantage of um yeah. and like it doesn't help that like he's lame um and <laughs> so lame and and <laughs> like just you know I don't think he's attractive. I will just say, no. um, and and like and that, but he hides behind this like not only his quirk, but also the fact that, like women are terrible, and that's why they're not into me, or that's why they've used me, and not because he doesn't listen. Uh, mm-hmm. And weirdly, made his backyard into a fucking beach. That's weird. <laughs> also, that his dog that his dog's probably like shit in, and then he has to to like pick up there's shit from like the sand i don't know i just like this is just so like so weird Uh, it's just like it's just weird and and i actually think that like oh if i've learned anything from all the couples in my life it's like (laughs) if someone like has a niche or a weird interest or something they're passionate about and they're like otherwise a good person that is like a fun thing about them that's Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. pro yeah you know like if if he was a good listener and he was like, look, it's a little embarrassing. I'm so into the eighties and like was able to channel that as like a quirk. I think people would be like super down for it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's just like, it's just like, there's so much misogyny. It's just shitty person that it's just like, that's not the problem. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to like that. 
like how many guys or like people do you know that are like into vintage clothing of a particular era in a very niche way like that's fun I don't know yeah. like that could be quirky and cute like yeah that's not an issue no you always know what to get them for Christmas like right, right. yeah <laughs> and know? and it's like um it's not it's an aesthetic usually it's not a personality exactly yeah and yeah. it just makes me wonder like what he's hiding under there personality wise especially because like he does seem lame and like a board game guy and like whatever which is fine but mm-hmm. like like he's using this 80s thing as like a shorthand for cool and yeah yeah and it's not um no it's not uh yeah so jacob and Haley, my thumbs are down um <laughs> get her out of there <laughs> um i you know ryan and clara <laughs> i oh yeah i haven't talked um, about them at all um look i <sighs> I'm not a huge fan of Ryan. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you have withheld judgment, though. Last week, I think I was a little harder on him, and you were. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know. I, I still, there's something I'm, I'm not sure yet. Yeah. Um, I think the the I'm projecting a lot in that, like anybody who's like super conflict avoidant, I'm just like, yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> um, just say what you think, you know. Um, and. Yeah he's i think he's uh the thing with him and clara is they they have like come up they've like tippy toed themselves up to like a serious issue for them and then they've really backed off when they both realized that it was like actually kind of hot Mm -hmm. um and the big one is religion uh which they are not on the same page on um and the second one seems to be their physical intimacy which they are Mm -hmm. not on the same page on Mm -hmm. and they're both conflict avoidant and Mm -hmm. they um I think Ryan is like he's you know he's seen like he's actually really fucking controlling um and seems to have like unilaterally made these decisions like Mm -hmm. he said we're not going to be intimate in that way because I don't want to be mm-hmm. is basically what he's saying. Um, and she is not okay with that. But I think mm-hmm. because it, it's not like, a, again, it's really hard to talk to somebody who says, who again, just says like, this is the decision that I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not like, this is kind of like how I feel about it. Like, how do you feel about it? It's just basically mm-hmm. just like, okay, this is what, especially when, when it comes to like sex I think mm-hmm. um the way that he said the way he talks about it is almost like yeah we're going slow and it's good for both of us but it's like yeah. clearly that's not what she wants yeah um and so I just uh and I think he must know that but mm-hmm. just doesn't care yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah is what it comes down to i think like, yeah. he just doesn't care actually like he he cares about what he thinks is right and what he thinks mm-hmm. is appropriate and how he was raised um and thinks really that she needs god in her life um mm-hmm. and actually thinks less of her because she is not religious yeah no i totally agree and like i actually like clara on the whole besides i i think she is conflict avoided but i think she's less so than him yes yeah and I see her as kind of like 
thing and like going with the flowing of the two of them mm-hmm. um and it's a shame because i do think i i think she's really fun and kind of weird and like if turned loose would be and i think some of this is because she looks like our friend jen from college who oh i think my is god a, she looks exactly like jen dead ringer for jen and jen is a fun lovely weird person so mm-hmm. i said so, i think i sometimes project jen's personality onto clara but also like um yeah i just think she's i'm surprised she's backing down as much as she is but at the same time i think like she's not getting enough credit for the amount she's like giving to kind of make stuff work that's true yeah and I think she's, I guess since she's expressed what she wants or what you'd be comfortable with and he's just kind of yeah. like, this is what I'm comfortable with. And I think she's, I actually think she's acquitted herself really well. Um, I agree. Yeah. And is, I think not, she is not necessarily, okay, she has expressed how she feels. She's expressed what's important to her. Mm-hmm. Um, it, she just hasn't really forced the issue on anything yeah you know and I think that that's probably a really smart and like I think way to to handle mm-hmm. things at this given like where she is and what's happening mm-hmm. um because it's not true that she's not being honest uh, yeah and like kind of yeah. and like expressive it's just that she's not that it's that they don't agree um mm-hmm. and and I think um I do think that she's uh Again, I think she's acquitted herself really well. Something mm-hmm. I've noticed is, and at least two of these pairs, um, with both Eric and Virginia and um, Ryan and Clara, there is a sense that, like, the woman is just kind of this, uh, like, kind of vivacious, like, per- like really... Uh, extroverted personality who yep. would be kind of out there, like out and about, and like really, um, you know, just sort of likes to have a good time, like that sort of thing. Um, and that the men that they've been matched with are like quote unquote grounding. Yeah. Um, and I think the way that it it gets framed to us is here is this woman who's just kind of, um, you know it independent and like out there and out and about and like not serious or like ready to settle down um or who needs to settle down and here are these men who like what settling down to them looks like it seems like is Mm -hmm. you know their wife is like just at home and they don't go out and they are like good wives to their husbands and that's what like settling down means it's like you but you submit to your husband and sort of let them dictate mm-hmm. a little bit, influence more of like what you do and what you don't do. And it's just, it seems more obvious. I suppose that's like maybe always what it is, but it seems more obvious in the case of both of these women because they seem to really like being out and about and yeah. their husbands are both like super conservative and are really interested in marriage and, um what that looks like and those expectations and it seems like it it means like them getting kind of smaller like yeah you know and dimming almost I think I read Clara and Ryan's version of that as like less upsetting or Mm -hmm. maybe 
put more more clearly like is Clara retaining more agency partially because mm. I think in that relationship she's much more experienced in relationships generally mm. and so I think she's able to kind of read or do like going with the flow like she strikes me as she has like limits in her mind of what she actually wouldn't go with the flow with mm-hmm. yeah right she's comfortable compromising because she's compromised a bit vulnerable before and I think she recognizes that he needs some patience and pulling along yeah yeah and I think for the, the flip with Virginia and Eric is like Eric is more experienced in relationships and older and male. So I think like it just skews. I mean, it reads as controlling because he is like verbally expressed more so than Brian that he wants to control. Mm-hmm. But also because the power imbalance skews towards him too, yeah. um, where it's a little more like, uh, like Virginia just seems like she just, I mean, even her apartment, like she, looks like she just moved out of her parents house you know like <laughs> yeah yeah um, um yeah so i guess i give maybe ryan more of a pass mm. but maybe i shouldn't be well i no i don't think you're wrong i i'm just interested to see that's like a, a thought that i had when thinking about the way yeah. that the men are like mm-hmm. more reserved and sort of Mm-hmm. It just seemingly like even in terms of their like personality mm-hmm. and like kind of more boring, I think. And the women by contrast seem like very much like more alive. Um, and like, oh, and it's that, um, I don't know, that it just, like when Ryan said, when Ryan was like telling her that she needs to like be careful, like what she oh, says yeah. or like, 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 be, like shut her mouth basically sometimes I was just like, is that, so that's your response to that? Like, yeah. uh, you know, like I thought she did just fine. I thought like, especially compared to Virginia, I think the way that mm-hmm. she was, oh was God. like very good. Um, and your response is that, is to kind of you know repudiate her a little bit and i was like mm. so it's like that yeah that that was yeah. like his move and again i mean all like necessary caveats being like there but i that was a kind of a flag for me a little bit in terms of you know mm-hmm. is your role as a spouse going to be to like lecture your partner on their behavior which i just always think is a bad sign like to me it's like you can I think it's fine in a before to express like, you know, this is what I am feeling about this. But I think like telling your partner what they can and can't do. Um, yeah. Or like advising them to like literally stop talking sometimes. Uh, it's just like that move seems a bit controlling, a bit, you know, um, again, a bit condescend- condescending and like taken together with his very conservative and religious like social values it's like i'm i'm just sort of reading all of that as like yeah being more interested in like you know like you, you sort of cutting out the parts of her like the things about her that he doesn't like mm-hmm. um and so that and molding her into like a better version of herself mm-hmm. which i feel like is how do you feel like that's like that comes with that sort of Christian rhetoric there's a lot of the like you know God sort of like improving us and like molding us into like the best kind of versions of ourselves which I think in the worst 
possible iterations can like look like one partner using that sort of religious rhetoric to just sort of tell their partner like I don't like that you do this and neither does God and it would be more like godly if you did this instead of that I mean that's reductive but I feel like sometimes that's the effect yeah totally and I think this idea that like the super Christian idea that you know there are agenda roles that are complementary and like that's it right it like Mm -hmm. becomes his entitlement and function and not only like pushing her towards holiness but like as a man in Mm -hmm. guiding her right or like Mm -hmm. doing this thing that's like very twofold um doubly problematic and that i mean hopefully again claire has the strife to rebel against Mm -hmm. but um we'll see yeah we'll we'll see just something to look out for i Mm -hmm. think i do think like it'll be interesting even more so than the bachelor which got so fucking christian mm. like the christianity is like somehow even more overt in this show yeah and i am excited to work through it me too i it's nice it's it's nice that it is i do feel that there's not a lot that like what's been being hidden or sort of uh i don't feel like we're being sort of tricked a lot by like production yeah. I feel like there's a little bit more like trans it's just a little bit more straightforward what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And the major themes and investments of the show, I think are very clear and obvious. We're not Mm -hmm. being told, we're not really being told, I think often to feel one way or to think this or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's just really nice to like, not have to be like decoding that, like decoding like 11,000 bits of information on every fucking scene (laughs) Um, you know, uh, totally. that is, that is, it, it's nice to not have to be doing that all the time. Even with these like super, I was just thinking about like how many times I was pausing scenes on Claire's season of The Bachelorette to like check for Frankenbites and like yeah. continuity errors and like how suspicious I had to be. Like, like I said, there are so many Frankenbites and continuity errors and like reshot scenes of the show, but to me, they all feel like coming from a need to just move the story through time <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> much less like narrative or emotional control mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so i'm just more comfortable going along with it but maybe i'm naive well then this is our naive stage um perhaps <laughs> perhaps uh yeah. how long did it take for us to like com- completely turn the bachelor like two yeah. seasons uh perhaps after like a season and a half we'll be on the other side of this and be like oh man we were such rubes a month ago um <laughs> yeah i just can't wait to like know so much about married at first sight that i have like galaxy brain level <laughs> well especially because like i think production and the experts from what i can tell from instagram and reddit are like much more interested in like getting in the fucking rolling in the mud with the fans <laughs> of this show like i guess that some of the experts have dm'd that instagram account uh, married at first sight fans that has all the spoilers really like she's had dm conversations with them like dr pepper will like i think has made made an instagram statement about chris and page that had to get deleted pastor cal goes on like local radio <laughs> to, like talk about the show amazing it feels like unregulated unregulated you know it's like the wild west <laughs> it is and even the amount of like you know contract provisions from this show have been leaked like <laughs> fucking what are you guys doing get your house in order you know 
Come on. It's exciting. It's, it's an exciting, it's a good time, I think, to be paying attention to this, especially because it, the budget for the show has increased recently. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Well, so I think there was a shift. Um, I want to say not DC, but the, it might have been DC or like the sh- season before that, which I can't remember where that was, mm-hmm. but they increased the number of couples. Um, might have been DC. Um, where they had they increased the number of couples, I think, uh-huh. which I attributed to an increase in budget. Probably, um, yeah, sure. And so I, the the show is popular. It's going to be around for a while, um, and I think again, it comes with a set of different like questions, um, but it isn't as I think. It's not a giant ad, um, mm-hmm. which is what The Bachelor is. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, which is so interesting. I mean, probably because it's on network, it's not on network television, which is just a series of ads. Uh, but yeah. anyway, <laughs> we, we've been there. This is like, well, we've, you know, like we're, we're past that. Um, we, we don't have to concern ourselves with those things anymore. Um, yeah, I can't. Like we've like really, I feel really good about the, the ground, like the groundwork we sort of laid in terms of like mm-hmm. framing this. Me too. And I'm so excited to next week get to like apply that groundwork to what the fuck's going to happen. Oh yeah, exactly. This was definitely like triangle of power, like married at first sight version. (laughs) Thank God. You know, I think people need it. I I do think like there, like I said, is less of a philosophical framework of viewing the show. So I'm excited to like, much like Dr. Pepper shorts engage with a discourse and (laughs) just try to push people into like a new way of reading reading this document uh, and, and the, it is it is our responsibility our <laughs> our cross to bear i think um <laughs> to to uh uh sort of build out this uh build out the discourse in this direction advance it if you mm-hmm. will so listeners, if you have any takes on the discourse, if you have spoilers, if you have, I don't know, ideas for names we should change our podcast name to. Yeah, we really, so we something that maybe encompasses our range. Um, <laughs> our range. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Uh, you should also email them to us at thebatchsignal at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter for the time being. We're still at batchsignal. <laughs> We're going to take our time with this decision. It's a fun one to draw out. Right. And Batsignal is such a good name that we're really, we're really loath to give it up. This is like so stupid, but like, I'm worried someone's going to take it. Me too. It um, was our idea. It was it your was, idea. Like, was, I know. I, so I, I'm, I'm, I would just feel really jealous and I'd also be like, really like, also, I suppose if our listeners mistakenly like sort of listening to that um but then found i don't know that it, we it was like a good substitute i would it would just be it would be extremely unpleasant and i don't want it to happen and um i somehow like want to take this off the market and also like have maybe a, a new name mm-hmm. but that's that's something we'll have to figure out Eh, that sounds like a next week Kate problem, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Till next, next week. We'll deal with that next, next week. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for listening. Don't forget to give us a review on iTunes, but only if it's five stars. Only five stars, please. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week. See you next week. Yay. <laughs>